Og lige nu her på det er et sidder Tine Goethe klar til at præsentere TV-avisen. This is Planet Mundus, back with our fourth show, and your host for today will be me, Nihal Sharif. Our focus in this episode is the young generation of Spain. We're going to look at how the young people are dealing with the economic crisis. Our youth unemployment rates of more than 50% affecting their political beliefs and aspirations in life. Our guest today in the studio is Alba Garcia-Ruiz. Welcome to Planet Mundus, Alba. Thank you, Nihal. My pleasure. Could you introduce yourself to us? Yeah, sure. I'm Alba from Spain and I'm studying a master degree in journalism here in Denmark. And where in Spain are you from? I'm from South Spain, from Andalusia in a really small city called Almeria in the south, southeast of Spain. Really beautiful and small. Nice. Uh, we will get back to you, but first we will tell our, our listeners uh, what we have lined up in the show. We have called up some more young Spaniards to get a sense of how they experience the country today. We will get a laydown of the political situation and a new party called Podemos from one of our correspondents We have also talked to one of our freelancers who shares her impressions about the party and its leaders. And as usual, we will end with a hint of humor. Um, Alba, um, I recently read that in November, youth unemployment rates were more than 50% in Spain, which was highest of all EU member states, including Greece. How hard it is right now to find a job back home? You mean with a salary and normal overtime? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. And especially for young people, it's yeah, the situation is really complicated. And some options that we have is just to get an internship and link with internship with another one. If you have, the, well, you had the opportunity to do, to get a, a degree at university. And, and also, if actually you have the chance to get a job, the, the issue there is like normally they have just temporary jobs within, with a contract for three months, six months or one year, which is made complicated to, to plan uh, for the future. And also the, the salaries are not that high. I mean, you have a low middle salary, which is, yeah, just makes it difficult to, for instance, move on from your parents to your own accommodation and be independent in that sense. So if you look... Um, at your network of friends, how many people do you know have got a job that's related to their degree? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say just one or two people wow. in my circle. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just few people. So you were saying that the salaries are not enough for people to plan their future or move out. How they are coping? Yeah, well, generally, obviously, it's this in general terms, but uh, for young people, it's really common to live with their parents and just, I don't know, try to get some more studies so you, you can get a more chance to get a better job and then in the future, maybe in, yeah, some years ahead, you can move. But normally, they just stay at the parents and try to find maybe a job, no qualified job to get some money, extra money, and study at the same time but definitely no independence. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we will get back to the youth unemployment in Spain. But first, uh, our correspondent, Ole Kroxkart, will share with us some of his conversations with other Spaniards who talk to him about their coping with the situation. So let's see what the horizon looks like from their perspective. Du hörst Planet Mundus. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine, a little bit tired. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> This is Cristina Vega. She is a 24-year-old Spanish journalist. Unable to get a job of her degree, she is right now pursuing another degree while earning a living bartending on the weekends. Cristina is part of what has been dubbed the lost generation. As many other young Spaniards, she followed her heart when she chose what to study. This decision is now making her life complicated. So there's no chance of getting a job with the degree you got? Maybe there is a chance, but it's very, very complicated. Just Uh, every year, I mean, in my faculty, there were uh, 7,000 people. There are a lot of journalists. There are too many. So it's very complicated. Many young Spanish people with a university degree are fighting unemployment with even more education. If they can't find a job, at least they can learn something. Cristina is one of them. She has already applied for yet another master program. So would that, that would be another master on top of your master? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, so how, how much education is that in, in all? That's a lot of education. I'm going to apply for more masters because I think that nowadays the only thing that I can do is to get more education. I mean, if I, if I cannot find a job, I just can get more education and more and more and more and learn and learn and learn. And maybe someday someone say, oh, she has a lot of education. Now it's the only thing that we can do. Yeah. Are you, are you optimistic about getting a job later on when you in Spain, when you've got all that education? Yeah, I mean, maybe not in Spain, but somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I'm optimistic, but I have to study a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I have to get lucky, I mean. I think in this life, we have to have lucky, because at the end, everything depends on luck. This week's studio guest, Alpa Garcia, only knows one person who has actually gotten a job because of his degree. Leonardo Hansa studied mathematics, and that proved to be a better career decision than journalism. Or, as Leonardo puts it, Alba has studied journalism. What is he doing right now? Avoiding Spain. We called Leonardo up to get his perspective. He tells us that though he's quite happy with his job, the crisis has also affected him. Leonardo's mother lost her job and can't find a new. And then, of course, there is the issue about the quality of jobs available. The problem is what kind of job? Because maybe you're paid for eight hours a day and you work 11. But you have a job and you have a salary and you can leave. My father usually says, we used to work in order to become rich. But now we're working not to become poor. Leaving Spain has become common in the fight for a job, and not only amongst journalists. Samuel Torres is a 26-year-old Spanish nurse. He's also considering his options. Cristina Belda helped me call him as he doesn't speak English. Since I've obtained my degree, I have been unemployed. It's been two years now. I have worked in some temporary jobs, but those part-time jobs were not related to my field and the companies offered me only 5-10 to 10 day work contracts, nothing else. How is the economic crisis affecting you? The crisis really affected me, no doubt, especially within my area of work, the health sector. 
I want to stay in Spain, but if the situation continues this way, I will have no alternative but to emigrate. However, it is true that recently, since a couple of months ago, I noticed that things are improving a little bit, but very slowly. But that is not enough. I'm seeking to see more changes on the labor market. Unemployment is not just a temporary problem. Studies have shown that it can have long-term negative effects. Unemployment scarring is the term scholars use when they research what happens to a so-called lost generation. One of these scholars are Professor Ronald McQuaid at the University of Stirling in Scotland in the UK. And I've been carrying out uh, quite a lot of work on the scarring effects of youth unemployment. What are the long-term effects of unemployment for young people? Well, there's a whole range of uh, effects on, of unemployment for young people. For instance, they're more likely to have be out of work, to be unemployed later in life. The quality of jobs they're likely to get later in life is usually lower. And there's also an effect on their well-being, which is their satisfaction with life or even levels of depression. What is the process that happens? Why does it get harder to get a job when you are unemployed? The directional causation of, of being unemployed when you're young and being unemployed later on is not actually that straightforward because it could be that because you're unemployed, you become more uh, unhappy with life, your well-being is lower, and that means that you're less likely to search effectively for another job. However, it may be that there's some underlying issue, level of qualifications, etc., and these are the things that are actually meaning that you're unemployed when you're young, and because you've still got very few qualifications, you then are likely to be unemployed later on in life. What can unemployed people do in order to fight the effects of their unemployment? Professor McQuaid has some advice. He thinks that young unemployed should continue learning new skills, but he also emphasizes mental health. Uh, one of the things is not to let being out of work um, depress you too much. So if you are out of work, you get more depressed, it's harder to find a job. There is a, a, a cohort effect here, though. If you're something like Spain, where you've got most of your friends are also unemployed, then people tend not to be quite so depressed. Ironically, if there's a lot of your colleagues unemployed, sometimes the effect on your mental health can, can be lower because you, you don't think there's a problem with you. You realize that there's a problem of lack of jobs out there. <laughs> so in, in that way, at least the youth in Spain are, are in a good position. Yes, that's one of the very, very small ways in which uh, they are maybe in a good position. Although overall, I'd, I'd rather be in somewhere like Denmark or Austria where there's very low youth unemployment. Are that being done enough politically, to, in your mind, um, to address this issue? No, I think we need uh, to have uh, much greater emphasis on reducing uh, Youth unemployment is a major, major problem for society because the effects are not just today, but they're going to be in the long term. So we need to do much more than we're currently doing. The research shows that the young unemployed risk being stuck in low-quality jobs and with a lower life satisfaction later on. But Professor McQuaid stresses that research can't tell the future. Because there's an association, because being unemployed when young, maybe you're more likely to be unemployed later, etc., It doesn't mean that that will happen to everybody who's unemployed. It just means that the probability of it happening to you is greater if you're unemployed when you're young. This is Planet Mondas. Thanks to Ola for this piece. Um, Albert, do you think that the points of view you've just heard are representative of the bigger population of youth in Spain? 
of course we are generalizing here but yeah the data are there and um, as you said before there are like 50% around 50% of unemployment rates in Spain and those are not just numbers but there are stories behind and as we had said that we have heard that girl he was trying to to get some more education and try to to have another postgraduate and because I think we need more we think that we need more skills and learning languages and more just more degrees and more education so we can file up better our CV and then the chances to get a job are gonna be greater but yeah it's really common to try to find a non-qualificated job and doing some studies at the same time so Albert Do you think the frustration among the younger generation is reshaping the political scene in Spain? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, people are so angry. And I can tell a story here that once upon a time in 2011, in a beautiful morning of the 15th of May, there were many people, thousands of people in the streets. And we called the movement 15M um, because there were like thousands of people screaming against all situation the, hun- the country had at that moment and we are still having about the economical crisis the political situation how the politicians were handled all the all the everything was, was, was well, that was happening there um, and yeah people were really frustrated and thus just that they changed it and they they organized it themselves and there were like some political parties after afterwards and now we have some some of them one of the most important is podemos um so yeah, for sure. this party it it came out from the 15m movement or after yeah exactly from the movement and after people just organized themselves and they decided that actually they could do more things integrated in the, into democracy and they just built one year ago they they built this this political party i think we should know a little bit more about podemos before we move on and i know our correspondent kim shunrock was doing research and has got her facts straight on that matter esto es planet mundos kim can you tell us what is podemos Thank you. First, we take Manhattan, then we take Berlin. That is what Podemos sounds like most of the time. It is Spain's new party and it is mostly categorized as left-wing by others and they are apparently very successful. They were founded only a year ago, but right now they actually have great chances of being or playing a great role in the upcoming elections in November. And even though they are a party, you could probably understand them best as a political movement that is aiming for change. They believe in citizens doing politics. And so all over the country, people meet in so-called circles on the streets or in uh, public institutions to discuss their country's future. However, um, the trademark of Podemos is its leader. He's called Pablo Iglesias. The guy is a former university professor and became known for his great speeches and uh, his long ponytail. And why have Podemos become so popular? Well... I would say mainly because the Spanish people are so desperate for change. Look, unemployment, corruption scandals and strict saving measures. The people are simply fed up with the current situation in Spain. 
And then there is this party that wants to break with all this and change things. They want to make things better. And Podemos means we can. That gives hope to the people. On Facebook, they have almost 1 million likes. The current governing People's Party doesn't even have 100,000. Podemos really knows how to mobilize the crowd. Wow. Uh, Do they actually have a chance of winning the elections in November? Listen to this. Tic-tac, Rajoy. Tic-tac. Tic-tac. This is Iglesias holding a speech in Valencia earlier this year. And he has a clear message for the current Spanish minister, Rajoy. It's time for change. And it makes sense. Look at the numbers. After being only four months in business last May, they already won five seats in the European Parliament. In summer, they were projected to be one of the top three parties for the general elections. And by November, there were even polls suggesting Podemos could win. When you look at the graphs, you see a downward trend or stagnation for most parties. And then there is one very steep line going up. That's Podemos. So they are a political movement wanting change. But what exactly does that mean? Well, first of all, they want the corruption in the country to stop and to gain more transparency. No more tax havens, no more funny businesses. But then I think their biggest goal is self-determination. For example, they want the harsh saving measures to end. Listen to Pablo Iglesias again. We are going to say to Merkel, we don't want to be a colony. We are going to say to to European Troika that we want dignity. Uh, sovereignty and, and we want to dream for a future for our country and, and for our children. They want to restructure Spain's debt and save social programs, get more money to the people basically. And other points on their agenda are retirement at 60 and a minimum wage. Yeah, I can see why this sounds appealing, but how do they plan to implement these things and is there a concrete action plan? No, not that I know of, no. And that's probably their weakest point. It is not exactly clear how they want to keep all these promises. Different economists already claim that these changes are not possible simply because they would be too expensive. And since the party is only a year old, others um, also question whether Podemos is actually capable of running a country. Right now, they give the people what they need, and that is hope. But whether they can deliver or not needs to be seen if they become part of the future government. Thank you, Kim, for the insightful information. Alba, before the show, you have already told me that you are not as enthusiastic about Podemos as the people in the street and that you have your doubts. Do you mind sharing the skepticism with us? Well, I'm a journalist, so I always try to be critical and selective about, about everything and try to get some perspective and step back before just make my mind up. But, but yeah, I mean, the weakness, Laskin said, are there. They don't have a plan. They don't have a project yet. And maybe it's because they are so young that we will see. We will see what is going on in the few months we have until the elections. But of course, I think they, they always have, they also have like really positive things. Um, they want to fight against trans uh, against corruption. Sorry, and um, yeah, with I mean, there's like there are one hundred around one hundred cases of corruption involving all the political parties right now, traditional political parties, and mm-hmm. just try to fight against that. Then this is a positive point, of course. Um, um, yeah, they have also like really, really 
good thing and they are mobilizing people they are they are making people become involved in politics again which is i think is the base of a democratic country a democratic country um and yes and they are also another option i mean more options more democracy so it's good to have some some more chances to more uh, point yeah. of view on the table to choose from. yeah yeah definitely We also talked to one of our Spanish freelancers who has already done some research on the party and experienced its leaders firsthand. Listen to this. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to Planet Mundus. Although Podemos gives hope to Spaniards, the party is also controversially discussed. Cristina Baldafon is the Planet Mundus freelancer and at the beginning of February she published an article on Huffington Post which reflects the questions and concerns that some Spaniards expressed concerning the party. The article itself was shared 14,000 times until now. Cristina, tell me a bit about your article. It's a satirical commentary on the perception of Podemos and it was very controversial because it was published on a progressive newspaper so people felt kind of offended. Also, I reflect my personal experience as a student in the Faculty of Politics in which some of the leaders of Podemos works as teachers. So, you actually got to know leaders of Podemos, you said? Uh, yes, and that was a personal problem I had sometimes. It feels like they were not very objective, and on top, they are very well orators, so they are good at impressing people. So many people are not very critical with them and just follow them because they know how to sound convincing. In fact, they are convincing, I must admit. So, Podemos was mainly founded by lecturers and intellectuals. Does that mean that Podemos is a party for higher educated people, for an upper class? Well, yes, Pablo Iglesias is a professor of the Faculty of Politics and the number two Juan Carlos Monedero as well. But this is not a party of an upper class. In fact, their discourse shows the opposite, hope for the lower class and social justice. In addition, I would like to mention that they don't identify themselves as left or right wing party, although almost all of them have a background close to populism parties in Latin America. As an example, some of them were political advisors for the government of Hugo Chavez. Okay, but they also split the country, do they? Why do you see dangers of polarization in Podemos uprising? At this point, after around seven years of economic crisis, cuts on the welfare state, high unemployment rates, the population is completely discontent. Almost all citizens have the feeling that they have been deceived by the popular party. And all they want is to reform the model. However, there is no common ground for change. It seems like there is no mutual consent. And of course, in the upcoming year of election, the rhetoric of parties is becoming more and more aggressive than usual, especially since Syriza won the election in Greek. Do you see any alternatives for Spaniards apart from Podemos? Are there any other youth movements in Spain at the moment? Of course, there are several parties in Spain, not only the traditional ones, PP and PSOE, but other more small like Izquierda Unida, Ciutatans or UPyD, for instance. But honestly, none of these parties have influence enough to bring forth change, at least not at the moment. In the last survey, if the polls will take place today, the PP will win by a narrow margin about uh, 27%, then Podemos with 23% and then PSOE. What do you see as a way forward for Podemos and the Spanish youth in general? 
I think that instead of giving hope and presenting an unrealistic program without topic ideas, Podemos should rather present concrete projects in a clear and realistic way. At the moment, they appeal to the emotion of a desperate country. They say they want to break up with the Lisbon Treaty, but how and what economic measures will they take? Europe is moving towards extremes, either right or left-wing parties. I think we should always be critical and never stop raising questions. Thank you, Christina. If you're interested in reading the full article, it is available on the Spanish version of Huffington Post, and it is called Con Podemos o Contra Podemos. Bueno, eso es mi conclusión. Muchas gracias por su atención. Thanks to Katharina Kuke, Christina Bildefond, and Hans Liefke, who was also behind this piece. Um, Alba, do you have any comments on what Christina just said? I do, actually, because she um, she mentioned that we have to be critical with Podemos, and I, and I think so, of course. But also we have to mention that people are more critical now um, because of them. And now at least we, we, in general, pay more attention to political scenario. And that's something that Podemos and the people who who made Podemos possible have done. And of course, the great challenge now is to is to define the project, and that's why time is a really critical factor and we have to pay attention on. But as, as I said, more options means more democracy, and I think it's good to have uh, just different point of view on the table so we can choose. And actually, just this morning, there is another survey which says that Ciudadanos, Ciudadanos, which is another political party, is mm-hmm. rising significantly. So that means that we are going from, from the traditional polarized um, positions to a really open scenario. And, and I think this is good because then we can have a more representative parliament and different point of view. And, and yeah, well, but of course, we always have to be critical and ask for more. And I think it's really important to don't be afraid of change. Um, and yeah, just if we don't like something, because I've been I've been talking to my friends, and one of them she she told me, yeah, I mean, we we can try different things. I don't say Podemos, but just different things, and and let's see what happens. And within four years, we can change if we don't like it. So people have the power now. And that's that's something that we have to assume and, and think on it. So, do you think that you're going to vote at the end of the year? And did you make up your mind who you're going to vote for? I will vote for sure. I mean, this is a responsibility we have, and I will, I will do it for sure. To, I don't, I don't, I didn't make up my mind yet. I think the the coming months are gonna be really interesting to see how they develop all the projects and all the plans and what they, what actually they have to say to the citizens. And I will pay a closer attention to to be able to choose the best option. But I, I haven't done it yet. Now, as always, as we near the end of the show, we look to our man in the shadows of laughter. Jan Willems has a reportage from the financial side. Du lytter til Planet Mundus. Dear listeners of the wondrous data highway, we call the interwebs. Here at Planet Mundus, we sometimes can't believe our own eyes and ears when our research leads us to explosive scoops. This is also the case in the following report from yours truly, Jan Willems. Recently, an anonymous source provided us with what seemed to be cue cards for a speech. The title of that speech reads bluntly, Polemic Against the Poor. That anonymous source told us the speech was held at one of the informal gatherings that accompanied the last World Economic Forum meeting in Davos in January. 
we have the strongest suspicions that the attendants of that gathering were some of today's most powerful actors on the financial markets. For you, dear listeners of Planet Mundus, I will now mentally immerse myself in the speech and bring the polemic against the poor to life. Money. Money. (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, I look around me on this very fine evening and I see well-respected members of the establishment. We are all busy men, so I thank you for pausing your feast to listen to me. I know all of us have better things to do, things of meaning. Lacrosse tournaments do not play and watch themselves. Sports cars do not buy and drive themselves. Sadly, I have to inconvenience you today because there is evil in this world. In the lovely land of Spain, our old foe is rising again. That foe? The poor. Right now in Spain, hundreds of thousands of the poor are engaging with a party named Podemos. They throw around big words like redistribution, change and hope. And this is the bad news. The world and the system we created receives less and less support from those underachievers, benefit tourists and, God behold, the poor. The situation is lunacy. Was it not us who gave the Spanish people loan after loan? And was it not us who built house after house for them? And was it not them who could not handle our generosity and ran everything into the ground? And now they want to throw away this lovely board game of Monopoly that we created. But the poor, they do not understand that they cannot throw away the ground that they are standing on. Everyone has his place on our playing field. But there is hope. The good news is, the revolutionary of today is the establishment of tomorrow. Yesterday's leaders of the left and green are today's executive consultants and lobbyists for big oil. Give Pablo Iglesias 20 years and he will trade his preposterous ponytail for a farm of actual ponies in Andalusia. We think in decades, that is something the poor's little hats are not capable of. In their arrogance, they say we spit in their faces. I say, by doing so we technically feed the poor. Does that not technically make us a soup kitchen? Come to think of it, that could result in tax exemptions and be a valuable asset in our books. This just exemplifies how humble and generous we are. Though we may seem like gods to the common man, we have hearts that beat just like theirs. Behind all our pearls and gold, we are human beings too. So I ask you, share a little bit of that gold. Open your pants and let gold shower down on the poor. I am a firm believer in the narrative power of the trickle-down effect. If we feed this story to the Spanish media and public, they will eventually believe it. And then, Podemos will become what it was always meant to be. The phantasm of political scientists in their shabby little offices of public universities. This was it, dear listeners of Planet Mundus. Now it is up to you to decide what to think of it. Was it the sickening outburst of the caste of the degenerated wealthy? Or does the financial elite maybe have some good points? Feel free to join planetmundus.com comment section and debate. This is Jan Willems for Planet Mundus. Thank you, Jan Willems, and thank you, Alba, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, dear listeners, wait for us in two weeks with a new show. Until then, visit planetmundus.com for earlier episodes. Read our blog by John Anger. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for updates and behind the scenes on upcoming episodes. 
We are thrilled to reveal that Planet Mundus is now available for download on iTunes and your preferred podcast app. So go get it. Today's technical producer was Jing Li, editorial producer Freya Eriksson, and I was your host for the day, Nihal Sharif. From Planet Mundus, we wish you a great day. Just-